Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter. It is Season 2, Episode 56. It's a WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. So if you haven't already, do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. Uh, so really, really busy. Uh, as I said last week, a lot of our teams have started their seasons uh, or their right into their seasons in regards to the AFLW. Uh, and speaking of, let's uh, start off with the AFLW as we normally do. And we're going to flip it up this week. We're going to get into the West Coast Eagles women. So one thing you've got to do, you be on the move as a forward. Hooker throws it on the boot. Over the head of Van Dyke. She's under the pump now. Schmidt with a snap. Schmidt's all class. And there is no substitute for class. Unfortunately for the women, the girls just couldn't get back into the winner's circle uh, just yet. Uh, They suffered a tight loss, 6-5-41 to Hawthorne's 6-8-44. Uh, they only kicked two goals, three after quarter time, uh, but they led by three goals at the first break, and it was actually their highest ever first quarter score. Uh, there was a supremely strong breeze in the game, but the Eagles were kept scoreless in the second term as the Hawks used it to their advantage. They banged on four goals themselves. And then from there, it was a bit of a tight tussle the West Coast just couldn't overcome or get on top of. Uh, the game's key stats were um, they had nine less inside 50s and 30 less tackles. Uh, this has been one of their weaknesses for a long period of time, the Eagles. They did, however, however break even in contested possession. Uh, they had 30 more uncontested possessions. But I guess the question for mine is what are they doing with all the extra ball and why did it fail to generate more inside 50s? So that's definitely a question that I'm sure um, Coach Coach Pryor is um, asking his players today and is going through you know the feedback of that and breaking it down. But uh, yeah, well, what's the point having all those more uncontested possessions if you still have nine less inside 50s? Uh, Emma Swanson, she was at it again. She had 28 disposals, 5 marks, 7 clearances, and a goal. Whilst Belle Lewis was probably their best, she had 24 disposals, 10 tackles, 9 clearances, but also got a goal herself. Uh, Again, we sort of have to put it into context. This is not just any loss. It's another embarrassing loss as they've now lost to two expansion sides in both the Hawks, but also getting thumped by Essendon earlier on in the season. Um, so yeah, it's it's not just any loss. It's against a team that's new. Um, so you know that the, these should be wins that they should be banking. Um, but uh, yet yeah, they're just not ready for it yet. In a little bit of positive positive news for the club, West Coast youngster Ella Roberts she became the second Eagle this season to earn a Rising Star nomination after gathering 15 disposals, four marks, and kicking her debut goal. And this was after being selected pick number 14 in this season's. Uh, national draft after being named MVP at the 2019 AFLW Under-19 Championships. And looking ahead and looking forward, because that's all they can do really, uh, they next play Richmond on Friday night at Mineral Resources Park at 5.10pm. So Friday night football is coming to Perth. And um, so yeah, let's see what they can do, but still against a very, very good team in Richmond. But uh, yeah, at least they're uh, they're tight, they're close games, they're in it. but uh, yeah, you should be beating teams like Hawthorne and teams like Essendon. But uh, from now, from the West Coast perspective, we're out. And let's move on to the Fremantle Dockers. Hook taken to the ground. What a tackle from Tuha Garena on her debut. Will she create a goal? Antonio's got some wheels. She'll take them on. Banana along the ground. Oh. The beater it does. 
What a remarkable goal to get us started. How do you like it? Ebony Antonio. Yes, unfortunately the Dockers could not get back-to-back -back wins. Uh, they lost 5-6-36 to the D's, Melbourne Demons 10-6-66. It was a fourth quarter fade out that cost them after clawing themselves to only be down by five points at three-quarter time. Uh, they rallied actually from 18 points down earlier before running out of steam. Uh, it's actually conceded, I'm pretty sure it was five goals in the last term, which of course is just not good enough and it's not up to standard. Uh, it seemed to be in the key stat was probably a 43% up against Melbourne's 61% inside 50 efficiency. Uh, despite having two more inside 50s, they did however lose the contested possession book count by 17 and hit outs by 14. In fact, that's been a common occurrence with them, unfortunately. Um, Mimstrom um, just doesn't seem to be, you know, getting some momentum in her season or being competitive enough in the ruck. And that, of course, you know, correlates to getting the contested ball. In saying that, though, that they're normally pretty even or around the mark with the clearance battle. So I will say that. Uh, Kiara Bauer, she was truly unstoppable. She had 26 disposals, one goal, 12 tackles and 6 clearances. Whilst Hayley Miller, uh, the captain, she did her best. She had 17 disposals, 1 goal, 1, 6 tackles and 5 clearances. And uh, looking ahead, uh, the Fremantle Dockers, they actually play Adelaide away on Saturday at 12.10pm. So that's where that's going to be their next game, their next opportunity to bounce back. And Fremantle, they're actually sitting dead last. Sorry, very close to it. They're sitting second last. Uh, they, uh, they, of course, they've got a win, and they've also got a draw too. So they're sitting equal second last with Port Adelaide. And on the West Coast side of things, they have got two wins. They're sitting 12th. Um, so they're sitting, I guess, equal one, two, three. They're sitting equal fourth, technically, because there are so many teams that are on equal first, equal second, and equal third as well. So, yes, we'll uh, leave it there for Fremantle. And now we're actually going to move on to... Uh, a bouncing game, uh, a ball that bounces actually quite a bit, and we're going to be moving on to the Perth Wildcats. Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl, Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet, tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come, oh no, here we come, oh no, here we come, yeah, Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Alright, it was tip-off for the Perth Wildcats season on Sunday afternoon. Uh, and they actually won their opening game in a come-from-behind win over one of the championship favourites in Brisbane. Uh, they won 87-73. to After being behind in the first half of the first term, they switched on to level the score at the first break. I think that was 22 apiece uh, before dominating the second term 26-13, with the last two quarters essentially cancelling each other out. Um, despite losing the rebounds by 12, although they were much better than what they'd been all last season, they had 10 more steals, and they forced 15 more turnovers out of Brisbane, and they turned those 15 more turnovers into 23 more points from turnovers. So that was that seemed to be the key stat, um, forcing 15 more turnovers just from their sheer pressure, but also um, probably a little bit of poor, poor choice making and poor ball handling from the Brisbane team. 
Um, but yeah, they turned that into 23 more points from turnovers. Uh, Bryce Cotton, he was insane. He had 23 points, 12 rebounds, 6 assists, and 6 steals. And in those 23 points, it actually included his 503 pointer as the Perth Wildcat. Uh, Jesse Wagstaff, he, he was back to the playout from a couple of seasons ago. He hit four or five three-pointers. Uh, new recruit to Sean Thomas, he had a nice debut for 12 points, six assists in shooting six of eight. Whereas Luke Travers, he sort of filled the stat sheet. He had nine points, three rebounds, seven assists. But more importantly, when he was on the court, the team was plus or minus 18. So a plus 18 when he was, uh, you know, in in that uh, more than likely a three or four spot. So, yeah, just a terrific start for the Perth Wildcats. Well done, you know, coming from behind. They certainly were shell-shocked early, uh, but they managed to find their way. And I, I'm really liking the way that they're sort of setting up. Uh, I know that uh, Salvatore De Luca, who he's not really a big fan of Corey Webster because he doesn't really play much defense. And yeah, fair enough. But um, we certainly didn't uh, we didn't bring him in to play D. Uh, of course, we expect him to be accountable. But his uh, his shooting uh, shooting prowess and shooting display where. I've got, in particular when Bryce Cotton is off, uh, is just so important and got some big buckets when they really, really needed them. So I love the addition of him. Uh, Brady Mannix started off really slow. And of course, it's going to take him time. This was his first professional game. Uh, and But towards the back end, uh, especially in the second half, got some really, really good-looking shots. Uh, and and he will, he will sort of take time and build confidence um, from there. I love Jesse Wagstaff getting back to what he was probably a couple of seasons ago. For the last two seasons, he was sort of certainly a little bit off the boil, not shooting those threes the way that uh, we would expect him to. But he was uh, terrific yesterday. And I love the unselfishness of Tashawn Thomas. I think he's going to be a great addition for the Cats. A really, really good big man um, that's so versatile, agile, got a high IQ. Uh, and just he he knows when to pass, but he can score if he needs to. So yeah, they're sitting in a really nice spot, uh, but they will come up against much better opposition, um, notably in the form of a team that only today, uh, and today being Monday the 3rd of October, they are now the first team ever to beat an NBA opposition in the Adelaide 36ers. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They beat an NBA team, albeit um, they're, they're starting superstars in the form of you know Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and uh, Chris Paul. Um, they only played about 22 to 25 minutes of a 48-minute game. But hey, a win is a win, so well played to Adelaide. So when they come up against the likes of Adelaide, you know the Sydneys, the Melbourne Uniteds, that's when uh, we're going to see what Perth Wildcats are made of. But speaking of, they next play Illawarra on Saturday at 5 p.m. So that's going to be a great game. So make sure you tune in there, cheer loud for the Perth Wildcats, uh, because that's that's going to be a really good test for them. Um, that's that's enough for the Perth Wildcats. And now we're going to move on to the Western Warriors. And WA after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield, and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. But this domestic season, they are kings across all formats. Yeah, well done, Western Australia. As you said, Adam, they've been the best team in Australia this year. 
They've won all three trophies. I tell you what, the Warriors have started end, off well there, uh, this season. Sean they obviously Marsh had a terrific win in their first game, uh, but they won their second Marsh uh, one-day cup game on Saturday, trouncing the New South Wales Blues. They bowled them out for 76 from 21 overs, which is New South Wales' worst-ever domestic one-day score. Jai Richardson took career-best figures in the form of 4 for 24 from his 8 overs after missing uh, the first game that they played, whilst Jason Berendorf took 3 for 17 from 7 overs. A New South Wales were 3 for 5 at one stage and then lost their last 4 wickets for only 18 runs. Uh, the Western Warriors, they did actually lose a wicket on their way to victory, but chased it down in 17 overs, largely thanks to Josh Philippi with a measured 37 of 46, with Darcy Short and Sam Whiteman providing the remainder of the runs. They now sit second on the ladder, just behind Tasmania, with two first-up wins. Uh, they actually next play New South Wales in a Sheffield Shield game, and that's actually meant to be starting today on Monday, October 3. And let's quickly look at the score. So they did win the toss and they elected to bowl. The New South Wales currently are 6 for 155. Uh, this is, of course, uh, this is at 4 p.m. in the afternoon with game to pl- uh, with uh, the play to finish at about 5.30 p.m. Joel Paris is 2 for 35 from 16 overs, an economy rate of 2.19. Uh, Lance Morris, four wickets for 31 from 40 from 14 overs with an economy rate of 2.21. And Maddie Kelly, economy rate of 1.089, none for 29 from 15 overs. So they're bowling really, really well. Um, the danger player is Curtis Patterson, former Perth Scorcher. He's on 61 not out. But uh, yeah, well, well done. Really, really good first day start. It's not finished yet. There's uh, still a lot more that can happen, but they're in a very, very good spot for um, for their first uh, Sheffield, Marsh Sheffield Shield game. And in addition to sort of playing New South Wales, they'll also play a T20 practice match up against India as part of their preparations, as in, as in part of India's preparations for the upcoming T20 World Cup on October 10. So, uh, yeah, it's very, very exciting that uh, the West Australia 11 uh, will play a T20 practice match against India. Uh, and as, as I said, that's going to be on October 10. All right, that's it for the men. Uh, let's head to the Western Fury, uh, which is uh, our WACA women team. WACA women's team, should I say, uh, that are playing in the WNCL. So let's head over to them now. Wicket of King. It's mainly thanks to... Mooney, who scoops this one into the gap, will get two out of that. Didn't get all of it, so that'll be 150 for Beth Mooney. What an excellent innings. A history-making innings for Western Australia. Absolutely. Last ball. Went off the WA innings. Suckliff falling on the stumps and sliced out to backward point. Gee, the women started off like a house on fire last week. Had two huge wins against the Meteors. But uh, unfortunately, they're back to even Stevens uh, now. Uh, They had a tough Duckworth-Lewis affected loss on Friday to New South Wales. Uh, The Breakers' batting innings was halted at 4 for 175. And after a lengthy rain delay, a revised target of 222 
from 32 overs was set. So they needed 222 from 192. Up in Pacleary, she was superb. She took three for 30. But it was a terrible start to the chase, uh, losing both openers, Chloe Paparo and number three, Maddie Drake, within the first six overs. And just as hero from last week, Beth Mooney seemed to be rolling and taking her team to victory, uh, uh, making her way to 50. And at that stage, they were two for 108 at the 15 over mark. She was run out through some terrific glove work from Australian wicketkeeper Alyssa Healy. Uh, number five, Matilda Carmichael tried valiantly and despite a fighting 68 to keep them in the game, it just wasn't enough. And as soon as she was out, the momentum swung the breakers way, losing the final four wickets for just 12 runs. And they actually had another back-to-back game. They played New South Wales again on Sunday and it turned out to be back-to-back losses. Uh, this time, however, was a little bit more emphatic. Uh, they conceded 302 in the bowling innings. And they were just unable to break at a, a 195-run second, second wicket partnership between a 19 and a 22-year-old. So really, really obviously great young players coming in their own right, but uh, you got to be a bit better than that and break that partnership. That was obviously the main stranglehold that they just could not stop. Uh, Chloe Paparo, she had 51 from 71, and Maddie Drake who had 55 from 73, had an important 78-run second wicket stand, but upon Paparo's dismissal, there was a collapse of 7 for 48. And after that, to coincide with Beth Mooney actually getting out quite cheaply too. Pippa Cleary and Tennille Pascal, they did defy New South Wales with an 80-run ninth wicket partnership, but as I said, just not enough. And 300 is always going to be a big ask, whether it's in men's or women's. Um, they're still sitting second on the ladder, but they've played four matches compared to either two or three for most of the other teams and none for Tasmania. Um, so that competition is actually going to take a pause as the WBBL will be beginning very soon with the Scorchers women playing their first game up against Hobart in Sydney on October 17. So that's it from the the, uh, the Western Fury. Uh, from a WNCL perspective, will of course be coming back in due course when the uh, when the scorches start from the women's perspective, and we'll keep you in the loop with them. But for now, let's move on to a little bit of smaller round ball action, uh, which is the throwing kind and which is the hitting kind. And of course, we've already covered cricket, so let's now get on into a bit of baseball and some Perth heat. Things a bit more important than someone's base hit. And here's a swing here for Glenn Denning. This one is back, and Robbie Glenn Denning swings away. It's a two-run shot, and the Perth Heat scoot ahead 2 nothing. Right, not too much to talk about the Perth Heat because they're still a bit of a way from sort of starting their season, but spring training began for them last week where they prevailed 3-0 over the Wanneroo Giants baseball club, and that was actually held... Uh, at the Wanneroo Stadium there. A couple of signings, though, are very exciting. Uh, trio Sam Canelli, who's an infielder, Jess Williams, who's second and third base, and Jack Bowie, who's a catcher and also first base. They'll return to the team after signing on for the 2022 and 2023 upcoming season. It will actually be Bowie's ninth season. 
And just lastly on the Perth Heat, they will begin their quest for a 16th Claxton Shield on Friday, November 11th with an opening four-game stand against the Adelaide Giants. So that's it. Nothing else to report. I will keep you posted if they have any more uh, spring training games. Um, But otherwise, um, from a Perth Heat perspective, we're out. And we're going to be going to a new sport that we haven't covered uh, here at Bat Banter. Very, very exciting. So let's talk a little bit of hockey. White's there in the thick of it. That's his Frusha. Now the drag flick in for the goal. Perth with a first. Carries Somerville with a trademark. Brings it in. Perth the other way. Crossing in. Good ball. Wickham's there. Let's it go to so the firstly, uh, the Thundersticks, welcome to Bat Banter. Very, very exciting to have you on board. So my fiance Ree, this is her sport. This is what she plays. And uh, Hockey One has resumed um, after two seasons of COVID interruptions where the competition was basically stopped. So happy to have this competition back up and running. And uh, both the men and the women played played their games uh, back-to-back as they normally do. And the men, they won 5-2 over the Adelaide Fire after being 2-1 down with 10 minutes to go. But it was a hat-trick to Aaron Zalewski and singulars to Cam Geds and Tom Wickham that really uh, got them back into it. And going into the main break, the scores nil all, uh, with the team having many chances but failing to capitalise. Uh, the women, uh, they got a great win as well. So back-to-back wins, both for the men and the women. Excuse me. They won 3-1, of course, over the same opposition. Uh, two goals to South African Lini Malen, uh, scoring a scintillating tomahawk, then a penalty conversion with the other goal heading to Curry Somerville. And after a slow start in the first part of the game, they managed to snag a penalty corner goal to take a 1-0 lead at half time and then after that um, they of course um, got a couple of extra goals in the second half so great start uh, from the Perth Thundersticks in the Hockey 1 competition which has begun uh, they of course um, well, what they did do is they started their season at home um, of course at the home of, uh, of Australian hockey um, but uh, they will now travel away and they'll next be playing Melbourne Hockey Club so yeah really excited to have the Perth Thundersticks on board and part of the Bat Banter stable and we'll be checking with checking in with them on a weekly basis to see how they go but you couldn't have asked for a better start from a Thundersticks perspective. All right, so we're out for hockey, at least until next week. Okay, so we're done, we're dusted, and we are finished. That is the end of Season 2, Episode 56, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. And we're so excited to welcome Hockey 1 team, the Perth Thundersticks, to the Bat Banter Stable. We're looking forward to touching base with them on a weekly basis, and what a great way to start with two wins both for the men and the women. But if you haven't already, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favorite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether it's in the morning, the afternoon or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege, ladies and gentlemen, if you can tune in to us, subscribe, give us those likes and uh, we're very happy. But we look forward uh, and we'll be checking in with all of our teams on the WA Domestic Sporting Scene next week and from yours truly. Adam Bat, I'm out for now.